0: say you're a freshman right? Yeah. So tell me man, how's this year's crop of freshman chicks looking? Would you gonna end up in jail sometime really soon? I know that fact. No man, no, I'll tell you. That's what I love about these high school girls, man. I get older, they stay the same age. (laughs) Yes they do. Yes they do. (laughs)
1: Good afternoon, good morning, good evening. Welcome to the darkness, bitches. It is another <laughs> episode of...
2: that just made me spit my beer out, was well <laughs> Of Dude <and> <laughs> I wasn't expecting that.
1: <laughs> we are up to episode 34, where fucking fucking up and knocking him out of the park on a regular basis. I am Mark Foster, and as ever, I am joined by my wonderful and beautiful co-host, Mr...
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Laurie, hi guys. Uh, Welcome to the darkness, bitches. Yeah.
1: Um, darkness. This, well, this this week we are talking uh, about Riddick, which focuses in on the darkness. Yeah. Yeah. Leave there. We're talking one old, one new. or for me one old and one I watched when I was pissed and thought I remembered more than I did.
2: You see, I uh, I always make sure I watch an old and a new. Yeah. I I make effort. You
1: do but... make effort. Um, I well the thing is is I I didn't this week, <laughs> so I apologise. I, I did watch some new films, uh, but it was Riddick. <laughs> um, and uh, we're also getting into the next edition of our George A.
2: What what is it? George A. Romare, George no, A. Zombies. A. Romare, no
1: Zombies Marathon, which is this week's film is Martin. Uh, we're also gonna chat some trailers and probably go on several tangents. Um yeah. so before we get into all that, Ian, have you got anything to add? Uh
2: no. Um I uh, do the nokitchmile.com. So yes I do. Um at Ian Loring, at DudeForce at Dude and a monkey. Um iTunes reviews always appreciated, spread the word, share the love. Um, yep, yep. um sorry, so sound a Jedi Um no, I think we're good.
1: Cool. Uh, right, so, Ian, uh, what trailers have you been watching?
2: Okay, I'll talk more. Um, all right, I, this week, uh, we talked about Dallas Buyers Club last
1: week. We did, yes.
2: Yeah, okay. Didn't talk about Neighbours last
1: week. No, we didn't.
2: Okay, um, so, Red Band, uh, the Seth Rogen, Rose Byrne, um, I think Dave Franco's in there, and uh, Zac Efron, uh film, which... Uh, it looks funny enough I suppose um, we'll see um, I, I yeah, it doesn't look like it's going to be one of Seth Rogen's great ones but um, I, I, I'm up for um, taxi driver impressions and um, baby danger mm. um, so what, even, maybe I shouldn't say that in my <laughs> but, um, but uh, yeah no, it, it looks funny enough um, I watched uh, the trailer for The Double which is the Richard Ayoade um, film First tangent of the episode: Richard Ioadi's taken over Gadget Man on Channel Four. You can watch it on 4OD. I very, very much recommend it. It's Gadget Man, where the like the Stephen Fry did last year, but with Richard Ioadi being insanely dry through the entire thing and seeming like he maybe doesn't want to be there. <laughs> it's it's very, very, very funny. Um, but yeah, yeah, the double uh looks very interesting uh the the trailer i think brad said um uh that the trailer looks very a serious man uh in its kind of in its construction and its use of music which i um which i agree with um i'm 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 very intrigued by that and it's an interesting cast as well and it's uh it's nice to see the girl from submarine in it um i'm hoping the boy from submarine is not in it um <laughs> It's it's funny, like that boy from Submarine, I mentioned him negatively when uh when I was on Twitter about um come come comes a bright day, I oh, think it was yeah, called. Yeah. Uh because I watched that film and it was fucking bobbins. Um and he then followed me on Twitter and I, I last did a little follower looky through a couple of weeks back and he was still following me. And it's just like the only thing I've ever said about him on Twitter was negative, so <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> um but yeah so anyway uh the double uh looks looks very interesting very intrigued and word coming out of tiff says it's solid so great and um i'll cross over with you because i know you've seen this one robocop i'm i i i will say i went into the trailer thinking it's uh, jose padilla um directing it the cast is solid why not give it a go I will say it looks like a rather generic action film, which could be fun, but it's disappointing that it doesn't look like it's going to have something to say like the Verhoeven film. I'm not expecting it to be the the Verhoeven film, but with, and, and we know I'm not anti-remake all the time, but, if you're going to re- re- remake Robocop, it would be nice if there was a point. Okay, the trailer's only two minutes, so who knows? But I don't see anything in there. But uh, passing over to you, Mark, I know you enjoyed it more than I me. Did. I
1: did. I thought the trailer looks, looks looks pleasing. I like the fact that they're focusing a little bit more on the construction of... Um, or in the trailer, they are. Uh, based on the trailer, they're focusing a little bit more on the construction of the Robocop. Um, uh, I a complaint I still have uh, one about the trailer and two about the the ideas of the film itself is one I don't like the look of the way that he's um, he becomes a an option for the Robocop um, program we'll say, uh, you know.
2: Well, I, I, I mean, I, if it's in the trailer and people are listening to the trailer section. You know, if if you if you don't want to watch, if you don't want to know anything about the RoboCop trailer, I'm kind of hoping you've, you've skipped this already. But if not, skip this. Yes, yeah, skip this. Because you know, because it is in the trailer. I will agree. I find that incredibly lame.
1: And and the, my issue with that is because I'm I was actually really really looking forward to this, this this remake. I think it's a film. I don't think in any way it's going to be better than RoboCop, but I think it's a good idea to then look at, you know, almost thirty years on. Uh, and see yeah. what we can do with it now, you know. Once with different politics in the air, but a following suit of the politics that we had around the late eighties, and also look at it that way. But then, in the director, you know, I love the Elite Squad films, great films, and it's got a very interesting cast. But then, when they came out at Comic Con and said that it was going to be a PG thirteen twelve A, immediately you kind of you drop a little bit, and like, all right, why? It's a ro- you're, you're remaking Robocop why, why hamstring yourself by committing to a to a certain certificate and yeah part of it will be well not, not part of it, it's financial, all of it's financial if you were to sit down, I, I don't believe for a second, if you were to sit down and say alright, uh, Robocop what do you want to do with it, and he's going to go I want to make a family action movie he's mm-hmm. not going to have said that
2: I want to make RoboCop free. Yeah.
1: It, it, that's not what he's going to have done. Now, I might we might be looking too far. It's a 2-minute trailer and it is a certificate. You can make a good action film and not have it be a an hour rated movie or a 15 or an 18 movie. I,
2: I the thing the thing is, and also I don't think they've said specifically 12A. I mean, like just because it's PG 13, a lot of PG 13s turn out to be 15s over here. Oh,
1: I think that it'll end up. I I can't see it being anything. Like...
2: I, uh, I I agree. I'm playing devil's advocate.
1: Yeah. Um, but then again, it, it, it's it's all we'll wait and see. I Don't want to start shitting on a film's trailer. I actually like the trailer. I think I to see Michael Keaton in stuff, and he was in the trailer quite a bit. You know, and I like the fact that they're going to explore that aspect. I like the way that they, in the trailer, they've explained the the suit change. I thought that was clever. I did actually smile at that bit.
2: I yeah, the humanizing of Murphy is I'm not into. No,
1: but then again, I I, I don't know. It, it's it's all it made me a little bit more interested because that that kind of taken away my my violence my hyper violence and my gore and stuff like that. That taking away of that did dampen my my sort of the euphoria I had for this because with the directors and the story and the cast I was very much looking forward to it. But now with the trailer it has kind of lifted me again quite a lot to be honest. I'm actually I'm I'm again I'm really looking forward to this though. It might be absolute bobbins but it but I'm I'm still holding out hope because of how good the Elite Squad movies were
2: yeah I mean the only thing that worries me is um I can't remember who it was who was being interviewed um around the time this was being made it, it was somebody it's it's a filmmaker who's close to Padilla, and I want to actually say it's Alfonso Quarron, but I might be wrong um but he was saying that he was having a really tough time on it because the studio weren't letting him do what he wanted to do, and the studio were basically we've hired you to make a blockbuster action film you're going to do that and padilla wanted to do something else and i know um stuart bar max ran on twitter um uh, was saying that he was interested in kind of like the shots that were insinuating there might be some drone warfare type stuff going on i can't help but feel all these kinds of things are things that padilla like want that, that, that there are going to be elements that padilla wanted to explore further mm. but in the finished product they they They'll come across more as affectations. I'm I'm loading an awful lot based on a two-minute trailer, but this kind of it this kind of furthers along my fears about the film. I yeah, and
1: one thing I did pick out the trailer that, that I I particularly like the idea of. Except is there was a lot of the the politics of the ideas of RoboCop were kind of thrown in the trailer. There was a lot of people stood around talking about it, which there was a lot of that in uh, the second Elite Squad movie. You know, there was a...
2: I, I need to see that. I, yeah. I, I've seen the first Elite Squad, which I like really, really Ooh, like. I've yet to see the if
1: second. If you liked, if you liked Elite Squad, you will love the second. It is brilliant. Right. Um, and, but there's a lot of that in it. There's a lot of um talk-worthy tension. It's not as bombastically violent. There's a lot more sort Thought into it, it's still got those quick bursts, but yeah, it, it, I'm hoping that there's enough of Padilla there to give us something brilliant. But it might be total. It might be a total wreck.
2: I, I'm 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 totally I'm totally gonna go in in a I want to enjoy this frame of mind. yes yeah. But I mean, believe me, I will. I'm not gonna go in saying, oh, this is gonna be fucking shit. You know, I I, I just. I, I'm not a fan of the trailer, and it, I don't think it bodes well. But I'm—I've been more. I'm not going to be fighting it if I'm enjoying the film in the cinema.
1: <laughs> cool. Anything else you've seen?
2: Uh, no, man. I was just kind of crossing over to cool. you. Uh, sure.
1: I saw the trailer. I saw, I saw before Riddick. I saw two trailers for Rush. That makes sense. One film, which was,
2: cinema yeah. managers programming the, the the thing and not really paying attention. Yeah, two trailers for Rush
1: and an introduction to one of the trailers to Rush from Ron Howard.
2: What was the uh, what was the cinema chain name and show? Uh, view. Yep, view.
1: That's shopping. Um, I, I also saw a trailer for the <laughs> Call.
2: Uh, <laughs> oh, the fucking yeah, the Halle Berry.
1: Film. Is, is, am I right in thinking that's a WWF
2: movie? Uh, I, I think it yeah. might be. I, I thought I thought you were going to say, "Am I right in thinking it's a Brad Anderson?" Film? Oh, hey, uh, well,
1: well, I think we've established that Brad Anderson just doesn't care anymore.
2: I mean, what the shit? Yeah, I mean, because session nine
1: was brilliant. Uh, session nine
2: was great. Um, uh, Trans Siberian was, was very pretty
1: good. Yeah. Solid. Um, the machine is, is very good, but then what was?
2: Vanishing on 7th Street, which was fucking terrible. Yeah. Um, I mean, he directed a fair few episodes of Fringe, which yeah, I liked. he did. He,
1: he apparently did a good job. Of that. But this just, this looks awful, the car. I mean, it looks really bad. And it's like Halle Berry's gone, all oh, right, nobody gives a shit about me anymore. What did I look like 20 years ago? I've got to get back to looking like that. And then I've got to star in a WWF movie.
2: Yeah, and I mean, like, it, it, it. it I mean, for for non UK listeners, yes, we are talking about the Halle Berry, Berry film, as you just said, because it, it came out in the US fucking months ago, and it comes out over here in a couple of Fridays' time.
1: Ah, oh, that it, it's uh, it seems a strange one. Uh, what else was it? Oh, and I'll go, I'll go, I'll go back to the start. I'll I'll take a full circle. Um, I saw that you'd um watched the trailer for the Neighbors, um, uh, so I gave it a go. That funniest trail I've seen in ages. Um, I'm hoping that this will make everybody appreciate the wonder of Zephron.
2: I'm 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 apart aside. Yep. Because no, <laughs> he's not the doctor who tried to save JFK. No, he's not. No, he's not. Um, I I'm fine with Zach Efron. Um, I thought he was damn solid in Me and Awesome Wells. He was, yes. And he was fun in Liberal Arts. So why not? And in this, I think it looks like he's.
1: He's going to explore his his, his funny side. Um, uh, you, sorry, have go you on. seen the TV spot for it yet? Right. There's a TV spot that is basically bits of the trailer, but it starts out, you know, like a lot of like the Seth Rogen and the John Hill films. They have a bit where they introduce the trailer. Essentially, it's Seth Rogen stood there, stood next to Zac Efron uh, without, a sh- who's not wearing a shirt. And Seth Rogen starts up the film and Zac Efron interrupts and Seth Rogen turns around to him, looks at him and goes, Zac, Zac, what did we talk about? And Zac Rogen says, I've just got to stand here without my shirt on and keep my pretty mouth shut. <laughs> and it's just the trailer, you're thinking, this kid has obviously got a bit of a sense of humour about himself and the, the welcome of the darkness, bitches. I, 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 I could literally watch that over on repeat, probably for the rest of my life.
2: Fair enough. I, I don't know. I mean, what I, 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 what I appreciate about Zach Efron is he's not tried to do what like fucking Taylor Lautner has tried to do, where he wants to be the marquee name action hero person. No, he, he's, and I mean, Lautner, what did he do? He did abduction, ooh. and that was it. I mean, and then boom, he's it, done. It
1: seems like uh, he's taken very much the um, Tim Blake route. Tim.
2: Uh, Zach Efron. Yeah. Yeah, sure, he's sure, sure. taken
1: that route of gone kind of just moved away from everything for a little bit and then done a couple of little movies and then he's going to build his way up but you know essentially he's very much a guy who is and I'll come to this later on because I'm going to talk about him later on in something else uh, but he's very much a guy who he, he accepts the fact that he can't really dance and he can't really sing he is a he just He's an actor by trade. He's not those sure. two things. He just happened to be in a movie that made him famous where he had to dance and sing. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So in terms of trailers, uh, that's, I think it oh, um I also did watch a, the trailer for... Um, uh, let me just check. I'm going to fill for a little bit here while I remember what it was. got a terrible scatterbrain this week. I think it's quite I well, think it's quite amazing stake. It was the trailer for Kill Your Darlings. Oh
2: yeah yeah
1: yeah. Um which is a very interesting story. Um all the actors are, you know they're very talented actors. But it it did seem a little bit like boys playing men in a film. You know and a couple of those boys are in their like Mid to late twenties, and a couple of them are in their thirties, but they—they've made them look so young. It just—it, it, I don't know whether or not it's just a, it's just it comes across in the trailer and the actual film. You won't get any of that, but it did seem to me a little bit. They look—they all look awfully young.
2: Sure.
1: Uh, other than that, no, not seen, not seen anything. That's been quite a good week. I I, I haven't seen The trailer for
2: Kill, Kill Your Darling, looks, so I didn't look, have anything to add. Uh, sorry. Looks
1: solid. Looks 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 good. You know, you've got some. Okay. You know, Daniel Radcliffe's in there, uh, Danny Haynes in there, uh, and Ben Foster's in there. So you've got. I, li- I like
2: me some Dane DeHaan. I, yeah. I like me some Ben Foster. Um, uh... Sorry, I was gonna say something that I, I better not um I, I was just speaking on the phone with uh, with Brad uh, at Mr. Bonter Code on Twitter and he, he referenced Ben Foster um with regards to something, but I'll um I'll go no further. But um I'll, I'll tell you on the via the magic of Skype chat. Cool. But um yeah, no, I, I I the cast is great, Dane DeHaan, yes yeah, fine. But I don't know, I just haven't had the werewolf to get to the trailer yet. Yep. Yeah.
1: All well, right, that was our uh, trailer section of the show, and um, we're now going to get into um, our main review, which is Riddick. Um, so here's a quick clip from the trailer, which I always say, but it'll be the whole trailer, no doubt. Uh, and then we'll we'll get balls deep in Riddick.
0: How many times have been crossed off the list and left for dead? So, this. this ain't nothing new. Bounty oh just... hunters. I've been hunting ready for ten years. He's the most dangerous man we've ever tracked. Bounty's been doubled. I've come to collect your head in a box! Right here! So, yet again. We play for blood. This is a man who sees in the dark. So watch out for surprise attacks. What is it? RUDOCK! One down. Three down. You get where I'm going with this. AGAIN! I
1: you heard a little clip there from the trailer to Riddick which of course is the third uh, film to feature, or third feature film we'll say, to feature the character of Richard Riddick which I didn't know his actual name um, Richard B. Riddick Richard B. Riddick, yeah. yes um, following on from the, I think we can call it a cult film, can't we, Pitch Black what, Pitch Black, God, yeah, yeah. Um, 2000, you know, so 13, 13 years old is um, Pitch Black which I didn't think it was that old um, which became a bit of a runaway cult success, costing 23 million, making a lot, but doing a lot of home video. And then, four years later, the sequel, The Chronicles of Ridic, which cost a lot more money, um, 120, more. 120 million, uh, and didn't even make that back, and is universally panned, but I think we actually both kind of like it, do not we? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So... It often regarded Riddick as the film that nobody asked for but that Vin Diesel really wanted to make. Uh it is set five years after the Chronicles of Riddick, uh where we have our antihero emerging on another desolate planet with all sorts of things trying to kill him. Uh Ian, what did you think of Riddick?
2: Um I I enjoyed Riddick um but i i i think there was a better film in there wanting to get out um if the film was the first 20 minutes stretched over two hours i think i would have really really dug it um but when it i mean it turned it basically turns into pitch black on fast forward in the last third, which I wasn't really into. Mm. Uh, the Middleford had its moments, but also kind of played like the first half of Pitch Black. Um, it, it um, and we will get into it, but the sexual politics stuff easily could have been avoided by taking out one line. One line, um, and uh, but we'll uh, oh, it's spoilers all the time. They take out. I don't fuck guys, and you would have saved a lot of problems in this film. And uh, oh, but overall, good on Vin Diesel, good on David Suhi. I don't think it's great, but I think it's good, and I'm I'm glad it exists. At least most of it.
1: Right. I mean, I I, I am fresh out uh, about an hour and a half ago from Riddick. Uh, let's say I enjoyed the first two films. I enjoyed Pitch Black. Uh, I, Like I said, one of the few people that seems to have enjoyed Chronicles of Riddick, although I think there are more people admitting to liking Chronicles of Riddick than were admitting when it came out, uh, so, certainly uh, recently. Uh, like you said, the the opening um, to it is it, very good. The, the whole idea that it, it's very light and very open and very sort of sparse, it looks like that, and it looks, the creation of Desolation, he's it, it, done very well and the the almost rebuilding um, of, that Riddick has to go through, um, where he kind of admits to getting lazy and soft, and he, he, he doesn't come across as a powerful character in sort of the first 20 minutes, he's got to rebuild that, that worked really well for me um, I, I enjoyed the the middle bit and then it does drop off very quickly and feels very rushed for the last sort of 20 minutes. Sure. Um, the Like you said, the, the, the sexual... I think to even call it sexual politics would be um, granting it a little bit too much intelligence. Um, yeah, sure. The... Um, the bizarreness of the script a lot of times it felt like a bunch of guys who don't really know how to write a script, writing a script. And some of the the dialogue and the the character shifts uh, happen without any explanation and within the space of a few minutes characters go from being one type of character to being a completely different type of character. Without any kind of building up to that explanation for why they've become that character or even Dave
2: Bautista. reasoning. So, was that? Dave Bautista. Yeah. Oh, ba- his turn. Yeah, I mean. We... I swear that's not foreshadowed at no, all. it's not. He just seems to be one of the guys and then suddenly he's kicking the shit out of Riddell.
1: And also, the uh, Johnny Millar. Uh, his. He goes from being. The leader of the the bounty hunters to being a little bit of pathetic comic relief.
2: Comic relief, and yeah, it's it awesome. just felt
1: a little bit. You know why would why would any of these guys allow him to be you know, the, the boss, boss man. man? Yeah, um, it, it it it's it all felt a little bit uh, very underwritten. Like they went right, like Vin Diesel went right. I want to make another Riddick film. I, I, want, I want us to make another Riddick film. So, I've you know, I've got the funding. We're going to do it. We've got, we've got you know, 35000000 Um million. We're going to go back to the roots. We're going to go back to make it more like Pitch Black. Can you go away and write it? And they've gone... Yeah, why not? And just kind of gone, right, what happened in Pitch Black? Oh, this happened and this happened and this happened. Ah, oh, I think we can make some of that then. I, it, it did feel very like that to be honest like that was as much that went into it um a very tenuous link to pitch black as well um with the you know the guy being Cole Howes's dad
2: yeah um which was I just I knew he had a a, a, I mean when he said John's I was like okay that's his brother Mm. then yeah, you know, it it, it it that guy. No way was he old enough to be Kohlhauser's dad. Well,
1: no, actually, it's supposed to be ten years. Ten after. years after what? <laughs> um, and Kohlhauser is easily mid thirties in, yeah. in in pitch black, which means his dad would have had to have been realistically um, in his early fifties, which means he'd yeah, be sure. in his early sixties, whereas that guy was at best early fifties.
2: Yeah. It just yeah.
1: that felt a little bit um just, like you say it could have been brother. Brother would have been fine. But it 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 again it just highlights the laziness in some of this in some of the, the writing. Um it it does look like a, a a relatively low budget movie at points as well. Some of the CGs are little bit ropey.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's got that similar thing with Pitch Black. And um, I, mean, I mean, the cinematographer um, shot, didn't shoot Chronicles of Riddick, but he shot Pitch Black and he shot this. And also his first DOP job, Mad Max, which is interesting. Um, and, and, but yeah, I mean, it's it's got that same kind of digitally grading it kind of thing, which, which does make Pitch Black look quite cheap. Now, yeah, um, and it, it's got this similar kind of thing going on, and I mean, like it's there's a shit ton of green screen in this film. Like the first twenty minutes feels like Vin Diesel and a couple of props walking around a green screen set,
1: <laughs> which which it probably was.
2: Well, yeah, uh, yeah, but it looks like. I it. mean, it,
1: it it is without question a, uh, a a vanity project. Vin Diesel wants to kind of. I don't really want to uh, reintroduce this character or, you know, this doesn't feel like they have the idea that this is the last movie. This feels like them trying to almost kind of like reboot Riddick in a way, but still have it as being the third film of the series.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, it it looks basically, the ending of this film looks like if, if it went well, it would be back to... Planet of the Necromongers yeah. to battle Carl
1: Urban, which we yeah, which, which you know, it'll be, we'll, we'll have, we'd have Pitch Black Chronicles of Riddick, and then Riddick, and then Chronicles of Riddick two,
2: yeah. almost,
1: uh, and it, yeah. it'd work a little bit like that. Um, let's get the the, the, the the sexual politics bit, and then we can get away from that and get back to, back to the other bit. What, what, it, it, did you find that it felt a little bit... It came out of nowhere? Well, y- yes, because... It, it, it's not there. Because I haven't watched uh, Pitch Black Cross really recently. But you have watched them recently, haven't you? Yeah. It, yeah there's
2: yeah, yeah, nothing
1: yeah. like that in the first two movies, is there?
2: Well, no. I mean, like him saying that he's going to go balls deep yeah. into her. Like, if she asks nice or whatever. But it's not, it, not, not, not that. I,
1: I'm, I'm going to go balls deep in her... And she's going to ask me to do it.
2: She's going to ask me sweet or yeah. something like that. Yeah. It, it's the, the thing is, I mean, with Pitch Black, Rada Mitchell and him have a bit of chemistry. And it does kind of look like they're going to hook up until um, she's killed off right at the end. Mm. Um, and then in Chronicles of Riddick, it, the, the thing is... It, it's kind of like the, the girl who was um, Jack, but then she's, whatever the fuck she's called in Chronicles of Riddick, it kind of looks like there might be something there, but then she fucking dies at the end of Chronicles of Riddick. Um, so it, it's, there, there is none of that, and it's it's the cheapest, it's the cheapest way of him still kind of being a bad guy. But the, the, the thing that I found weird was in my screening, that line got laughs, like big laughs from a lot of the audience. Four they one. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that was the intention. It was going to be it was going to be funny. And like when he grabs her ass at the end, you know, but it just. It's weird. I mean, it's funny. I saw somebody on Twitter say that it's almost as if Vindy's always trying to single handedly um, uh, take away the rumors <laughs> about him, uh, which, which um in a way I can see frankly he's trying to be studly and you've got that shot earlier on of like the 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 four women in bed or the three women in bed with him you know and their tits out saying come back to bed it it just it's it's weird and I mean like again I I, I was listening to the Empire podcast earlier on I think they make they make a good point that if this film wasn't independently financed and if a studio actually were involved at the script stage Somebody would have been like, "Hang on a second, that's a terrible idea." <laughs> yeah, you know, but because it's like two producers, like one of them being Vin Diesel and David Tuhi, then it it, it gets in there and it's being seen as a way for Vin, like for Riddick to be a badass or whatever. But it's just grubby.
1: Yeah, grubby. I think is is a right way to describe it. it. It feels completely out of context for the rest of the the series essentially really it just doesn't feel like it's there and there's a little bit of it, it, like, yeah grubby's the, the right word to describe it and I don't know we seem to be getting a lot of grubbiness in, in movies this year yeah. it seems to be a bit of a grubby year where there's little little um, affectations in films now that are, are this year that you kind of go that didn't even need to be there
2: Yeah, it's, I mean, the thing is, I I, I can see, I I mean, I can see from Vin Diesel's point of view why, why, like, he's got to have, like, there's got to be some woman in there that he can have chemistry with, but just don't have the line saying, I I, I don't fuck guys. That's all you've got to do. Just have her be, just have her be straight and have her be into Riddick. Yeah, and I, I, you know, in a kind of a primal level, the balls deep um, line works, but because because she's a lesbian, uh, you know, I, I mean, like, and, and she's Katie Sakoff, who's like de- been one of the, the the defining strong female characters in pop culture of the last ten years. You know, I mean, like, i like, and I have only seen like we're um, we're about like twelve or thirteen episodes into Battlestar Galactica, but already. She is, like, the toughest, most badass character in that film, but she, I mean, in that show. But she's also hetero. You know, she doesn't have to be gruff and manly. Mm. She's just a badass woman. Yet in this, it's almost like they're equating badass to mean lesbian, but then lesbian is some sort of concept where lesbian can be turned. Yeah, it, 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 it's very
1: 80s. An idea. Yeah,
2: and and I mean, like the thing, a lot of the film feels like a throwback to the '80s, and a lot of that is pleasing, mm. you know. But there are dinosaur, poly, like sexual stuff at work in '80s films that I mean, like you you can't really you I mean you can criticize, but they're of the time mm. then. But you certainly can criticize the film being made in 2013 having uh, having things like that, and it does. It does take away from the, it. Does make me like it less, especially when she's the only female character there. Well, yeah, because I mean, you've got that other woman who's basically killed after she says about two lines. Yeah,
1: and the two of those essentially are, please don't rape me.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. It's, it's I, 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 I think that shit is embarrassing. But again, that bit,
1: the woman bit, didn't even need to be in it. That girl getting shot.
2: Yeah, did, what, what, was it, the, it, what was the point? To show that a Geordie Moller was a dickhead yeah, where we already knew it, that. We,
1: we could have gathered that. You know, and he's a ruthless bastard. But then, two minutes later, it, it, he's he's comic relief. Yeah, there was yeah, a lot of, yeah. It, it, it does feel, inc- it did feel incredibly underwritten at points. Mm. Um, and the bits where there wasn't a lot of writing to do, were the best bits the first 20 minutes
2: yeah no that's yeah no absolutely i mean it's um it it just it it, it does kind of feel like they got the money together and it was like fuck it's now or never mm. well you know I, because i mean i swear at one point they even closed uh, they even shut down production because people weren't getting paid or something like it was proper on the line, and, and, and Vin Diesel's been saying that he, he kind of had to put his house up as kind of when the completion bond fell through, he had to put his house up as if we don't finish this film, you take my house. Okay. I
1: mean that you have got to appreciate that kind of um, commitment I mean, good for to character. You know, he, he obviously has a lot of, you know, this isn't, the, this isn't just the third you know time that he's been with it. You know he's had the computer games and he's had the animated features and stuff like that. It's a, there's a world beyond the three films that Riddick is involved in. Um,
2: but I mean, I, 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 did you hear the story of how he got the rights to the character back? No. Uh, it was basically, um, Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, they pretty much finished shooting, I believe, and um, they wanted Vin Diesel back to do the cameo, mm. and he said yeah, I'll do the cameo, and I'll think about being in the next film, give me the rights to Riddick. And Universal, at the time, was just like, well, fuck yeah, why not? Chronicles of Riddick did nothing, We know he's never going to be able to do anything with it, and gave him the rights. Fast forward seven years, and Universal pick up the rights to distribute it in the US. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, um, I mean, yeah, good on Vin Diesel, and the, the enterprising nature of it, and, um, and, and I mean, like the, the Riddick character is is an interesting one. And I mean, like I, I think trying to get back to the positives of the film. I mean, the the opening with this, the with the CG dog and the, him surviving out there and just the growly voiceover is really really fun mm. and and throwbacky. And you've got Graham Ravel, who did the score for Pitch Black and Chronicles of Riddick, coming back, and he's got that main theme from the first two films, but then with like with a bit of synthie stuff going on as well. You know, and I mean th- there are there are many moments of pleasure in this film. It 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 is just a shame that there are also moments of yeah, you could have done with like three more months developing it, and you could have done with count with cutting out. I don't fuck guys.
1: Yeah, and there was a couple of other bits where you kind of where
2: it it felt like
1: it was it was reaching me. I mean the. the the fact that that when it goes to meet them to try and kind of parlay some kind of deal, and it's I mean, he he's, he does this a lot. He gets caught a lot in the in the films in all three of them. He, you know, for such a badass, he does get caught a lot and make a lot of stupid mistakes.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a very very imperfect protagonist. Yes, but that's what well, that's one of the. That's one of the interesting things about him, the fact that he does get into these situations and, yeah, he'll get out of them. But I, it, it's I mean, there are interesting moments in these films, and I think there are interesting moments in in this. I like the relationship between him and boss Johns. I, I, I like how that de- how that develops. You know, I'm I'm glad that, you know, like Riddick says that, you know, he's he, you know, he's going to buckle. You know, as as he said that about Johns in in Pitch yeah. Black, you know, he's he's going to buckle and he's going to be weak, and then he isn't, you know, and and um, I mean, he he turns out to be somebody who who saves Riddick, you know. I think that's interesting. I mean, I think it's also quite ballsy to have Riddick basically be fucked. He's dead, and he rely he has to rely on other people to help him. Yeah. Even though then he also clutches the ass of one of them, you know, it, it's. I, I, there are like positives and negatives in the same scene. I mean that that balls deep scene. I mean like the the, the whole kind of like I'm gonna kill. Yeah, you know, I get out these chains. I'm gonna kill him in five seconds. Then he actually does. that. Yeah. You know that bit's great. Yeah. You know, I, I mean it it, it I it, I really really like that bit. It just I don't know. It, it just it turns out to be a film where you just think oh yeah well. A, a bit of a missed opportunity.
1: Yeah, that, I think I mean, that would that's very right, apt. It, it I didn't dislike Riddick. Um, I don't know if that goes far as to say that I liked it, but I know I didn't dislike it. But I just felt a, a lot of points going. Could you hurry up a little bit?
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, Christ, it's 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 just shy of two hours. Yes, yeah, which is which is uh, too and... long. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it is too long, and I mean, it's for me the the final third, the pitch black remake, maybe could have actually done with some time to breathe because it's like they introduce this threat, and then it and then it just it does turn into pitch black, and I kind of would have liked a bit more development on what that threat actually was. Yeah, it, it's it, you know, it, it's it, it's it's odd, and whereas the middle third, it's an awful lot of him. Stalking the other characters and like the, 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 them having them having like long conversations. Then it turns out that he was on the roof or just behind something. You know, it's there there, there. there is definitely stuff that could have been cut, but there is stuff that could have been more developed. I think there is. There's probably a two hour version of this film that's good, yeah. but it, it just it's some stuff is cut out and some stuff is added to.
1: Yeah, I think that that's it. You could have knocked out ten minutes and made a tighter action movie, um, mm. or you could have not. You could have not in ten minutes and explained the last twenty minutes better. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Exactly.
1: It is one of one of those. Um, but, have you got much else to add on, with it? We, No, are we, are
2: we, no. I want to. It's definitely not shit. I, I'm on definitely not shit, but... I just
1: don't know how good it is.
2: Yeah, it's it's a very mild 3 out of 5 for me. It's a borderline 2.5 out of 5. It,
1: it's um, a 2.75 for me.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I the, I the overall, I liked it more than I didn't. But I would have liked it way more quite easily if they'd not done a couple of things, yeah,
1: frankly. I can, I can absolutely agree with, with that completely. Um, yeah. So that was uh, Riddick, which we kind of, neither of us
2: loved, but neither of us disliked. Um, no way, nowhere near but worst of the year. Oh God, no. But Jesus, like not even, probably not even going to approach my, like my top 75 at the end of the year at the same time.
1: Not mine, not either. Um, so we're gonna hear some promos for other podcasts that we like and enjoy uh, and then we get back with our one old and one new hi i'm sarah from gorepress.com and along with my co-host phil we present the gorepress gorecast
0: but sarah what is the gorepress gorecast
1: well phil i'm glad you asked it's a weekly show in which we review horror movies, discuss our love for the genre, and generally just blunder through, showcasing our startling ineptitude at podcasting.
2: Hello, and welcome to another go Oh, for fuck's sake,
0: no,
1: that is not helping! That sounds ridiculously professional.
0: That can't be all we do, can it?
1: It certainly isn't. We also try and talk a little bit about what we've watched recently and selflessly plumb the depths of B-movie hell so we can inform you, our loyal listeners, about what to watch and what to avoid.
0: Well, that just sounds
1: dandy. Where could I find such a podcast? Well, Phil, you can subscribe to us by searching for the new Gorepress Gorecast in iTunes, or you can find us at gorepress.com. so much knowledge about this film.
0: It was a childhood corrupted by endless hours of VHS rentals. For the sake the miniature, you'd love it. In his most formative years, he had seen it all. I can handle anything. Action. Karate is not to be used aggressively. But if I have no other choice. Horror. <laughs> and romance. Now he's decided it's time to go back for just one more adventure. Humans are such an easy prey. Noel Meller presents You're the problem, you little shit! The Adventures in
1: VHS Podcast. Join me, Noel Meller, as each month I take an in-depth look at one movie from my collection of X rental 80s VHS classics and speak to one or two of the people involved with making them about what the format means to them the
0: adventures in vhs podcast thank you have a nice day download today from itunes by searching for adventures of vhs or visit adventures of vhs.com
1: are you tired of film podcasts where the hosts exist in a constant blissful state of agreement i mean the main the main characters are two of the dullest main characters i have ever encountered in any film well you're in luck let me introduce you to Chinstroker
2: and punter. One is an ex-film student with a penchant for David Lynch and art cinema. The other is a man on the street. Listen, in perplexed and horrified terror, as we tear apart one film a week. It just really it's isn't. not visually striking. No. i no, Just, just getting confirmation. Justine, that's the third time though. I mean, I must, this is on. You can find us at chinstrokerversuspunter dot podomatic So
1: come and share the victory. If you
2: could any man in film, who would it be and why? My answer is Lance Henriksen. Oh. He, he wouldn't tell. He looks like somebody. <laughs> he looks like somebody you would keep, keep a secret. Ian, do you want to give us your one old or one new? Okay, what am I going to do? Okay, I'll start off with my one new. Um, oh, What to do? What to do? I've got two that I'm, I'm kinda of trying to pick between. Um I've probably got alright, I'll just I'll just say briefly, um I watched Simon Killer, um, directed by Antonio Campos starring Bra- uh Brady Corbett. Oh, yeah. Is that his name? Yeah. Um. Which um I thought was alright. Um good score, uh interesting uh interesting look, uh good performance from Brady Corbett. Um Mm, it, it's a film I think narratively would do well on a rewatch, but I'm not that inspired to watch it again. Um, which, which is a problem, frankly, but um, yes, that's Simon killer. Um, it's, it's worth a look. Um, but I, I wasn't, I, I wasn't deeply, deeply into it. But, um, the film I'll, I'll mostly talk about, um, pardon me, uh, is a new film from the team behind the people who did a uh, sound of my voice. Uh, so this is the East. Um have you seen this? I, yet?
1: I've not, I've got it available to watch, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: Okay, so this is um directed by uh Zao Batman glitch, yeah. glitch. Uh yeah, yeah, um which is a fantastic name. Um he also directed Sound of My Voice stars Britt Marling. Um she wrote it as well, I think she wrote it with him maybe, or wrote it by herself. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah yeah so it's uh Britt marling is um she works for this uh, security firm uh she's ordered by a bo- uh, well she gets a job uh, an assignment by a boss played by patricia clarkson to infiltrate a uh group of um political subversives who are planning free jams to um kind of sabotage big um corporate companies doing bad things uh the east are led by alexander skarsgård and um, Ellen Page is his right-hand woman person who doesn't really trust Britt Marling's character. Um, yeah, so I mean, I so I was not into Sound of My Voice. I thought it was very um, twee, kind of I I just like kind of very 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 indie styled, but the kind of the worst, <laughs> the, the the worst. Thinking of of the word indie, um, yeah. uh, kind of another Earth kind of went in that direction for me as well, frankly. Um, she like Britt Marling. She's a very very self serious actress who doesn't seem to be capable of smiling, <laughs> um, and, and, and I mean she kind she kind of bugs me if I'm honest. Um, and th- th- there's messaging in in her films and kind of like they're they're trying to aim for deep kind of a, a, a deep thinking, but they, I, I, but they're they're very very blunt in how they do it, and and the East do, it is that. Now, I mean, I will say it's better than the Sound of My Voice uh, because I think uh, uh, largely because the cast are better. I mean, um, you've also got Toby Kebble in there as well, um, who's very very solid in this. But I mean, Alexander Skarsgard, he's got the the charismatic like way of him where he is. You know, he, frankly, he's an attractive man, um, and like people, I, I I I quite like watching him with his shirt off, frankly. Oh, he, you he, know, he's, he, a, he's
1: a very handsome handsome chap. He's, he's
2: he, yeah, he's a good looking he's a good looking dude. So good on him, and you could see why people would kind of get behind him. Um, and I mean, Ellen Page is is good. You know, I I, I like Ellen Page. She's a bit she's a bit going down the road of brit marling and the kind of the self seriousness but she also doesn't you see that, a lot of the time as I, I'm well i'm not
1: a big fan of it i think she takes herself incredibly serious
2: I, I mean i think super kind of um helps in my thinking mm. but but yeah no, i i but i i do get what you mean um but yeah i mean like she she does the kind of the politic the, the, the politico kind of you know, we need to do this very, very fastidious kind kind of thing well. And she, but she actually gets um, some good uh, emotional beats later on in the film. There's um, uh, there's a, a couple of twisty things in the film which um, I, I, I actually thought were quite interesting on a narrative level. Um, but it's the, the the film is it's kind of wanting to have its cake and eat it in that it's wanting to subvert your expectations. Uh, but it, it never really it, it never quite pulls pulls through as, as a whole in that um, like the, the nature of the East and like Brit Marling falling into the East and and their ideals. It's like she kind of falls into the ideals, but not, maybe not the methodology. Um, and and it, it's the kind of the, the how you go about achieving your aims and how that affects the effectiveness of them. Uh, there's an interesting discussion there, but then there's kind of like a kind of a series of images during the, um, the credits, which very much have a, a, a you know, a, this is what, uh, this is what this is kind of a thing. It doesn't leave it am- ambiguous. I mean, one of the things i most liked about sound of my voice was actually in a way thinking about it now, you know, I might not have said it at the time, the ending of the film, which is very ambiguous and you're not entirely sure what's ha- what's actually happened. And that is interesting here. It, it is kind of ambiguous, but then, it, but then in the last like two minutes isn't, and, and that that's, it's kind of a shame, because um, it, it, it would have been stronger if it did. And but I mean, it, the, the, the kind of the messaging of the film and the bluntness of it also has a negative effect on on the narrative. There's, um, that I'm not, I won't get into spoilers, but the the last scene between Britt Marling and Patricia Clarkson, is laughable. It's it's it starts off in a, in a very tense way, but then it just gets stupid. And the reason why it gets stupid is because Batmangladge and Marling want to hammer home a particular environmental point, and it's just like, oh my god, you've got to be fucking kidding me! You're going to do this now? Um, if if anyone's seen if anyone's seen it, I'm hoping you'll know what I'm referring to, but it's um yeah i i it, the, i mean the, the, there are individual scenes that are tense um and it doesn't in turn term, in terms of Sunroad, road. It, it it doesn't quite go down where you're expecting there's kind of revelations that you expect that kind of happen but not in the way that you thought they were going to and the film it, it, it kind of plays around with you in that kind of way but that it's like the individual bits just kind of dampen the overall effectiv- effectiveness of the film. And, I mean, it's a film that I don't think anyone's raved about The East. I don't think anyone is like has, has stood up and said The East is one of the best films of the year or anything like that. But I don't think anyone said The East is one of the worst films of the year. It just ends up being a film which just kind of... it It, it, pa- it passes the time you know fairly well but i i I still i still look at it and i look at another earth and i look at sound of my voice and i think why are fox searchlights so into what these people are doing i don't get it and it's it, it's I, I i i'm not on the brit marling train and i wish she'd fucking smile
1: I think it, it kind of, it seems like they've gone, well, you know, she's pretty enough for us to market. it. It wouldn't surprise me if that was as base as what they were doing.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of agree with that, and I like the fact that she doesn't ever really use her looks in her films, and I mean, like in Another Earth, she's playing a character who's incredibly damaged, mm. you know, but I, I I I like that about her, but it always feels like she's got some sort of point.
1: It, it, I, I mean, I haven't seen this, so I can't comment, but making a, a film that attacks uh, multinational corporations and tries to have that political sway, whilst also being backed by essentially what Fox. is Fox, yeah. is yeah, yeah, a yeah. little bit like, oh, fucking come on.
2: I mean, like it's it's points about big. It's not saying all corporations are evil. These specific corporations are doing specific things in in the film which are rough, which are bad, mm. you know. But it's it's not it's not going the whole big business is evil thing. These people are specifically targeting these groups, you know. And and, and I mean like that, but I mean that the, what these what these groups are doing it is it is it is slightly. It is slightly mustache too early. I mean,
1: I, I, I am going to watch it at some point, but remember, this is the film that when I saw the trailer, I thought it was a funny or die video. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I, I, I'd be very intrigued to see what you think, Mark. I mean, frankly, it didn't annoy it didn't annoy me half as much as sound sounding my voice you did. See, that's my
1: worry is that, that, so, that the East will annoy me because it'll be one of those it, those movies that's got that's got a real strong message and it's trying to hammer it home, but. What it's actually doing is it's hammering home the first, very, very first layer of that message. Like they've they've gone, right, we're going to research it by spending an hour on Google.
2: It is a little like that, to be honest. I mean, like their, their main message in the film is not all food that's thrown out in dumpsters is, has gone off.
1: No, it
2: is. You know, I mean that 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 is basically the message of the film.
1: Yeah. Uh, um uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, for, for for anybody who does go dumpster diving, um, and I used to work at a supermarket and we had to put our bins in a cage. Yeah, to stop
2: yeah, Stop people yeah, yeah, from yeah, getting yeah. in them. Yeah, um, we had to lock them up. I remember that. So. Uh, um,
1: What you will also find is uh, a lot of companies, although it is illegal, uh, I won't mention the name of the supermarket that I worked at that was called Iceland, um, they actually asked their staff to pour, sorry, not pour, don't pour that bleach that went off as well over that food. Wow. Wow. Yeah, said company have been done for it on a couple of occasions, and they knew nothing about it.
2: Um, so
1: yes, uh, I, I I will get right watching these because I'm very curious about it, and of course, got class, Clarkson in it.
2: She's very good in it, actually. Um, I, I don't know. It just the the, the character. I, I will say as well. I, I will stop in a second, but the there are things in it where it again. It kind of feels like Riddick in that. It kind of feels like right. We've got these people so we need to be able to shoot at this point, because there are plot strands that kind of don't go anywhere, and in a way, I mean, Ellen Page's relationship with uh, Britt Marling, there's a lot of between-the-lines stuff, which I actually quite like, Um, but then there's some stuff about Alexander Skarsgård's character, which is kind of picked up, it's kind of mentioned, it's kind of developed as a plot point, but then completely dropped. Um, So uh, it's it's a film that giveth and taketh away,
1: Cool. Right. Kay. Um, I'm gonna hit you with my one old uh, that I watched. Um, Go on. I've got a couple of old, but a couple of the ones that we've already talked about on on the on the podcast. Um, either through you, you've watched in this part, or or the one, one old one new, or that we've actually talked about on the podcast. Uh, I actually watched World War Z uh, last night. Um you uh, Yes. Okay. Uh, there is more in it. Noticeably more as well. The the new bits you do notice. Uh, really? Yeah, you do. Yeah, it's whether they added anything. I'm not. I'm not sure, but um, they were definitely. I definitely noticed them that they were there a lot of the time when you get um, these extended cuts uh, in films that aren't comedies because obviously jokes play out. You notice a joke more. So in an extended cut for a comedy, often you can go. Well, I don't remember that joke. Whereas yeah. in ones that are comedies, it, it, it can often be hard to pick out the, the the new bits unless it's something you've seen several times. Uh, so, but with with World War Z, I did go to Becky a few times. That bit was new, and that bit was new, uh, and there appeared to be a couple of bits that maybe weren't in it, that were in it. If you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh,
2: I'm, oh, I'm very intrigued. Yeah, uh, there's
1: nothing like major, but there are a few little bits, a few little sort of like thirty second bursts where you go, that's new, and that's new. Um, it's still just spot out there. Well, was he? Still really enjoyed it the second time. Uh, the first hour is so much stronger than the second hour though.
2: I like the Welsh lab.
1: It doesn't play as well on the second viewing.
2: Yeah, for me, it I, I, it it, I, it will just forever be associated in my brain with people cheering when when they say in the airplane that they're going to be going to Cardiff, Wales. Yeah. that was such a fun time in in, in that screening for that. I yeah. Uh,
1: the film I am going to actually talk about that because um, the other film that I watched was Beverly Hills Cop Two, but we spoke about that mm-hmm. a few weeks ago. Um, is Kill Bill Volume One. Now, oh, okay. I watched this uh, on Friday night when I got home from work because I just flipped on the TV, just um, flicked it on, and it happened to be starting on Sky Movies. And I thought, well, I'll watch, I'll watch a little bit of it because I was waiting for Becky to get home from work, and then Becky ended up getting home a lot later from work, and essentially I watched all of Kill Bill Volume 1. But what was interesting was this is the first time that I've watched Kill Bill Volume 1 on its own, without volume, watching Volume 2 straight after, since okay. seeing it in the cinema. Yeah. Um, because the last time I watched it, the first time I watched it on DVD, was it came out on DVD as Volume 2 came out at the cinema. And I watched yes, Volume yeah. 1, and, and then literally watched Volume 1, left, went out and watched Volume 2. So I've never not watched them in, in sequence since it came out in the cinema, which was like 10 years ago. So it was quite interesting sort of having that, you know, because now my experience were, because these two films are very much, they're, they're very different films about the, you know, about the same story. But if you do watch them very close together, it is very easy to forget which bit was in one and which bit was in the other. It's very yeah. easy to remember which bits, you know, bits of that's, that's in volume one and that's in volume two. Well, there are certain little bits where you go, oh yeah, I forgot that was that was in this one. Or you expecting something to happen, and then you thinking, oh god, no, that's in Volume Two, isn't it? Of course it is. Yeah, it's like that. But I, I was kind of like just sort of sat and was enjoying it, and it was going along. And I was thinking, you know, what happens a lot of the time when I watch kill the kill little films is when I am watching them, I am thinking these are a lot better than I you know than I ever give them credit for uh, as movies. And then it's the the second half of this movie. Is I, I, For the first time, I, I really, really fell in love with it. Absolutely. You know, I've always been a big fan of the Kill Bill movies, but I've always preferred number two. Uh, but for some reason, this was the first time that the the end kind of 40 minutes of this movie really, really got me. Uh, and it was especially uh, the soundtrack to it. I was just sort of watching, and it was very much sort of I've seen this movie several times, but let's say this was the first time I've watched it on my own. In and it's the first time I've actually watched this movie on my own, as well. And the first time I've watched it on my own in isolation from the other movie, and it is so much a a mixture and a throwing together of, of all these other films and of all these mm. influences that, that Tarantino's pulling. And he's not just pulling his influences from his martial arts films and Sonny Chiba films that you like, the Jackie Chan movies that you like. He's also pulling it from the the westerns as well, you know that you've got the that kind of western aesthetic to it, and you've got the you know, the soundtrack uh, as much as it is from sort of a martial arts film. It's got a very kind of western feel to it as well, mm-hmm. and it kind of pulls on that. And then when you you know you're looking at this, and since this he went on the little very much on the grindhouse kind of train and. Although technically Inglorious Bastards and uh, Django Jane* are not grindhouse movies, he's very much kind of gone for a certain feeling and he's tried to make them look like kind of 70s movies. Um, whereas with this, he's not trying to make it look like a 70s movie. He's taken his influence very much from 70s movies, but he's not gone that far. It still has a very crisp and a very... A very modern look to it. Uh,
2: well, I mean, I mean, the thing is with the Kill Bill films that it is that it almost feels yeah. like it was Tarantino saying, if 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 this is the last time I ever get to make a film, this is what I want to do. Like, yeah. they, they, this is my putting all my eggs in the one basket. And,
1: and there is, you know, to an extent that 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 was what he was what he was doing. You know, now we see Tarantino has been. Again, he's back to being bulletproof and infallible. Um, But making Kill Bill in two thousand three, you know, he hadn't made a movie for a few years. Um, I mean, after what happened with uh, Jackie Brown and the fact that it wasn't very well received critically and it didn't make as much money as as, you know it, it was expected to make, even though it still made a colossal amount of money. Uh, it didn't break that hundred million that everyone thought it was going to make, and um, he was quite bruised by that. It was the first time he would had people not like one of his movies. Although I, I do uh, really, really like Jackie Brown, and I, I did when it when it first came out, but it was the first time that critically people kind of turned against him a little bit.
2: Yeah, I mean, like you, um, one one really, really I, I might have mentioned this last week or maybe it was on Heroes, but um, there's a book I finished reading a few weeks back, uh, Rebels on the Backlot. Uh, by Sharon Waxman, I think. Um, there's an awful lot in there about Tarantino, and just how bulletproof he thought he was back then. Yeah. Like, prior to Jackie Brown, and how people made him feel like that. You know, that, um... I mean, with, I mean, with Bill Bill, I remember um, you know, ten years ago, that when like Empire and Total Film were doing features about it, there was... There was a sense there was going to be something special, but the general air was, "This is Tarantino's last chance, Saloon." Almost. Yeah,
1: which is which is strange when you saw sort of,
2: Which is odd now. You know, when you, you, know you, you never
1: think. No, of it. when you when you fast forward, essentially, Tarantino is 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 back to being bulletproof, and the, you know the success of Kill Bill helped that. You know, he's now his his least successful film is, is Death Proof you know it is the it is his least successful film both commercially and critically it is his least successful film and i think this there's such there's such a bravado that is there in all of Tarantino's films but the the bit that really kind of fucking got me got me sort of cuz I, I was more casually watching it you know i was still watching it but it's it's something i've seen that many times that I was quickly checking something online that I needed to check up, and I was doing stuff like that while I had it on almost background. And then the bit where he, where um, the bride is at, am um, sorry, Hanzo's and he's looking at, she's looking at all the swords. And um, literally, as that moment came on, I just closed the laptop and put the laptop down and sat back, and that was it. And I hadn't even finished what I was doing. And I didn't even think about it. I didn't notice that I'd done it until Saturday. When I opened the laptop, I was like, "Oh, okay, I was doing that. Of course I was." Um, but it just in that bit, it, it just it pulled me back in, and it was I've been reminded again of how much that that I adore this movie and why I'm watching it more often than I do. And it, a lot of the time, the same Because my go-to Tarantino's are always Jackie Brown, Reservoir Dogs, uh, and now Django. And so I don't tend to watch. Uh, Pulp Fiction as much and the Kill Bill films as much, and there are always films. Whenever I'm watching them, I'm watching them going, God, this is fucking good. You know, why, why has it been three, four years since I watched this this film? I uh, like tonight. I'm already thinking, oh, I could really watch Kill Bill Volume Two tonight, but Becky, you know, will want to watch Volume One first. Fuck it. I oh, you don't. You don't want to watch Volume Two. I, 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 I really it. like Volume Two. Still, well, I, I, I still prefer it.
2: I, I think you're mad. Um, I, I, I don't, I, hate, I don't hate Volume Two, but I,
1: I think yeah. we have established that I am mad. <laughs> and that I do have terrible taste in movies a lot of the time.
2: No, no, no. I mean, I think a lot of people would, um, a lot of people would side with you on Volume Two. I just remember. Volume 1, fucking, like, I, I don't know, that came out, like, September, October, it was my first year as a film study student, you know, I you know, so I had time on my hands, and, like, I was in the Tarantino Zone at that point, I mean, like, fuck me, I think I saw that three or four times in the cinema, you know, and, like, Volume 2, I just watched the once, and it was just like, okay, well, that happened. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't know, like, Volume 1 was, like, a bolt from the fucking blue for me. Yeah, I mean, it, it just, it's,
1: you, watching this, knowing that the trajectory that Tarantino's careers had in the decades since um, almost mirrors what he had the decade before. Sure. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That Django was potentially going to be the one that slipped. You know that he he reestablished himself with Kill Bill films as being, you know, this this genius who pulls in all these things, all these influences, and very much is the you know the the geek select uh, uh, of that type of movie you know he's the he's the film loving filmmaker uh yeah yeah, yeah and yeah, then yeah. you know the, the he built that up and then Inglorious Bastards made him bulletproof again and Django had the potential to be what Jackie Brown was 10 years before true and then it wasn't it was incredible and it's just you kind of there, you're back to that point of going, oh, fuck, I'm glad he doesn't make a movie every year, but it, it, it's only been six months since his last movie, and I want a fucking another one already.
2: Yeah, sure, sure, sure.
1: Right, uh, so, Ian, what is your one do I need to ask?
2: I, yeah, no, well, um, I I kind of uh, prepared you for this one because uh, I want you to do a little bit of homework. Um, so basically, in kind of combination with Riddick and the kind of the 80s-ness of it, and, um, you know, I, I, I read a news piece by Drew McQueenie on, um, on Hitfix about um, uh, 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 Fury Road, Mad Max Fury Road, um, having additional photography uh, next month. And, you know, fuck knows when that film's actually going to come out um but yeah i i rewatched road warrior and i mean the main reason why i rewatched it was because um could you put the link i sent you just like in the podcast episode description like the details yeah 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 brilliant cool um so yeah there there was a youtube video that Drew mcguini linked to which is this five minute kind of like kind of like it looks like it was like made for tv kind of like brief making of of mad max 2 and uh, and by the way, I'm calling it Mad Max 2 and not The Road Warrior. Um, somebody said The Road Warrior, not Mad Max 2, to me on Twitter, because the film says Mad Max 2. Hmm. So I'm calling it Mad Max 2. Even if I say that, then Frank technically I should call Kill Bill Volume 2 Volume 2 and not Kill Bill Volume yeah. 2. But um, but yeah. So um, yeah, There was this making of a piece of Mad Max 2 where. It, it's amazing. It is, and as McWeeny actually says in the article, it is basically this thing saying, "Come watch this film to see mad Australian bastards nearly kill themselves." <laughs> um, it, it's, it's. Uh, I mean, did you watch this? Yes, piece, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. How fun is that? Is that making? It, up? It, it, it's,
1: it's a brilliant kind of the fact that there's two guys in it, and both of them are injured, so they can no longer work on it.
2: Uh, the the hilarious thing that like the after the first one the stunt coordinator is saying well he shouldn't have stuck his arms out <laughs> because as soon as you stick your arms out and start somersaulting in the air you can't control yourself so he really should have tucked himself in as he was launched off and it's just what the fuck it's amazing and, and like oh what is it the voiceover man says like it says like just, like, it really un- understating the situation, just says, like, something has gone wrong with the stunt. Yeah. And it, and it's this guy who did... Ob- his body was obviously not supposed to do what it just it, did. It's also
1: funny if it was the second one, where it says, the stunt went perfectly, however...
2: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah.
1: A, <laughs> and the stunt yeah, coordinator, blah, 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 blah can no longer work on the picture. Like, it didn't go perfectly... <laughs>
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 amazing. And I mean, to the film itself, it is a film where. They just did not give a fuck it. I mean, it was we're in the outback. There's barely anyone around. We don't need any fucking permits to do anything. Warner Brothers, just give us some money and trust us we're going to give you something good. And it's almost like the studio didn't want to go there because it's just like, oh, we've got to send Pete off to the Australian Outback. Pete, do you want to go to the Outback? No, I'm sure they'll be all right. (laughs) Yeah, no, they'll be fine. We can't
1: give them that much money.
2: They can't can't, can't do that much damage. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know... We should be more worried about Kubrick at the moment. You know, what What the shit's he up to? No, yeah, don't worry about it. let. Just let these Australians do it. You know, I don't think they have much health and safety legislation up there. All right, then, Pete, fair enough. Another whiskey? Yeah, yeah, please, don't. You know, so, I mean, it, it just... That was probably how the conversation went. And the result is a film that flies fast and loose. And it's still... It, it's amazing how incendiary that film is. And, I mean, like... The first 20 minutes are setting things up, but you do have a lot of good comic gold between Mel Gibson, Bruce Spence, and the dog. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The like spoon the, the, bit. Yeah, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, the dog food and him getting the wooden spoon out. It's its amazing. Um, and then it it turns into a pretty balls-out action film, mm. uh, you know, where, like, characters are getting killed off left, right, and centre. Um i mean you lord humongous is amazing (laughs) uh i mean the the feral kids um and his boomerang and it chops that guy's fingers off i mean it just a a a review of Mad max 2 would be oh yeah this bit and this bit and this bit this bit that's all it would be but i mean like the the i mean the the the, the blu-ray so i mean i watched the um the recently released mad max collection blu-ray um i didn't i didn't watch one and three because i really just wanted to watch mad max 2 at the moment and like with the fury roads probably going to be out next year so i'll, I'll re-watch all three before fury roading i'm not looking forward to be on thunderdome but um yeah and I, I also i will say uh the blu-ray in this set i think has had a sound upgrade because um, i don't think warners were doing dts hd at that uh, at the time they released road warrior because it was one of the um once they released on HD DVD as well. So, if anything, it would have been, like... The most it would have been would have been Dolby True HD because Warners didn't do DTS HD for a fair while. But, and it sounds great, uh, is, is is the basic thing about it. The uh, the surround is brilliant. The bass is awesome. Um, and it, the pitch quality is great as well. The Mad Max 2 on Blu-ray is really solid. Um, but it, 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 the... The, the the final action sequence the kind of like the the the, the him in the um him in the, uh, the, the 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 truck is amazing the people jumping from one car to another car and the mad bastard on the hood of the car and you know the the, the feral kids trying to get the shotgun shell and he just and then like the the, the guy just springs up on the hood he's like blah! you know it's, it, it, it's it's incredible and the, the the finale where it's just um uh, Lord Humongous uh speeding towards uh speeding towards the uh the tiger and just getting fucking demolished. It is incredible. Uh but I mean Brian May's score is great. Uh, Mel Gibson is really, really good and, and the, I mean the cast are, are really good. I like the fact that the leader of the, the compound I, I, I like the way that he's just trying to constantly, like, he's, he basically kicks Max out and then he's trying to wheedle his way back into his affections, but Max isn't taking any of his shit and he basically just floors him out. I like the fact that the, the, the leader of the good guys is a bit of a shit heel. Yeah. I, I, I enjoy that. Um, but yeah, I, Mad Max 2, obvi- I mean, it's obviously brilliant. But it's one of those films that I think you need to reacquaint yourself with every now and then, just to remind yourself how brilliant it is. Certainly,
1: yeah. I mean, I, I love. It. I think it's one of the great action films of all time. Also considered one of the best intros to a film of all time.
2: Oh my god! The like the uh, the four three um, uh, kind of the uh, the, uh, the the about about the fuel. Yeah, and then and then the way it just goes widescreen, just and it kind of comes out of the. Um, the front of the car. Yeah, it's... it's and then it
1: suddenly scope. Oh, it's I, I love it. it is one of, quite simply, one of my favourite intros to any movie.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh,
1: it, it's just, for me, because this is... The good, the good thing about Mad Max 2 is, is it's 95 minutes long. It's exactly yeah, yeah. the right amount of time it needs to spend with itself. And whenever I watch it, I'm always... I, I start watching that bit and I'm very much... The minute that bit ends, I'm like, "Yep, yeah, that's it. That I'm not moving from the seated position I am in now for the next 90 minutes." Sure. Uh, and the fact that, you know, Gibson wasn't a big star at this time. You know, he, he hadn't become a massive star, and the, he barely talks in it at all. Mm. Uh, great film. Love Mad Max. Uh, wasn't aware until we saw. Until I saw that little. Um, Mini makeup thing. At you what is it that um, George Miller was a doctor? Yeah, yeah. You know
2: the, the, the way they bring that up in the um it it it, it in the um it, it, in it as well where it, it's just like there's an accident. And it's like Miller is a professionally trained doctor. <laughs> yeah, I'm it's, like, oh what fantastic.
1: Is he thinking? Is he or has he just got a health and safety badge? Oh wait, no, he is. Yeah. He's a doctor. Wow.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, oh, fuck, yeah um, I think I'm going to go for the German box set for Mad Max. Why is
2: that?
1: Because I've got the Reservoir Dogs one.
2: Oh, you got the petrol tin? Yeah,
1: and they're, yeah. they're, they're the same
2: tin. <laughs> yeah, that is a bit brutal, but to be honest, I mean, like, I, I got this with birthday money. Is it, and, wait, 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 wait. Um,
1: is it nice, that tin? Is it good? It's an
2: all right tin, it's a bit thin.
1: That's off.
2: Yeah, I mean, a bit out. Well, I mean, it's all right, Mark. You know, I mean, it's okay. Um, it, it is a bit disappointing. You just open it up, and it's just kind of like a thick-ish Blu-ray. Uh, even though the the art on the Blu-ray is different as well. Um, it's it's kind of like black and uh, tire down it. It's just Mel Gibson looking a bit serious.
1: I think I'll I'll work out which one which one's financially more responsible to get.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I only, I mean, basically, I got the petrol tin, because it was like, at the time, it was 50p more than the um, the normal one on Amazon, so it was like, fuck it. Ah, nice.
1: Cool, right, I'll get into my uh, one, what I'm going to call my one new, even though I had actually seen it before, it's just when I watched it last time, I was a little bit drunk, and I think I might have fallen asleep, because when I watched it this time, with my lovely wife, uh, there was bits in it that I was like... I I don't really remember that bit I don't remember that bit but I do remember all this bit um, so I might have, I, I might have still wait for it all uh, I might not have uh, I, it might just be Drunken Haze that stopped me from remembering it uh, the film is The Paperboy yeah. <laughs> um, which the first time I, I in quotation marks watched it I enjoyed it but I think at the time I had drank um I think about eight or nine um beers and a good quarter of a bottle of Jim bean. Nice. So um I think it's easier to like the paperboy after drinking that amount because the No. Why? What? Well, the paperboy's fun. Well, well that this is my point. Is the Babe boy is more fun I think if you're a little bit drunk than it is if you're not a little bit drunk um story basically is is you've got um zephron playing a um and, and I'm not sure if the film actually mentions this uh, but it does come up later on in the film as being quite useful that he was a he was a swimmer i
2: think okay
1: um which it, 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 it hammers home like hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah,
1: um, yeah, yeah. So he, he's a, a swimmer, but he gets kicked out of college uh, and has to move back to his his town. He works for his father delivering papers. Uh, his father owns the local newspaper, and he has a brother, uh, Ward, played by Matthew McConaughey, who works for the Washington Times. Miami Times, Miami Times, Um, and he comes back to uh, with uh, a colleague to investigate uh, a murder that happened in the town uh, some years before, because he thinks that the guy, John Cusack, who was convicted of the murder, might actually be innocent um, because he wasn't given a fair defence. So that's, that's the basic idea of the story. Uh, his mm-hmm. way to get John Cusack is through Nicole Kidman, who plays one of those um, killer chasers who writes to convicts um, and ends up falling in love with John Cusack through his letters. Um, uh, she's a... She's, would you say she's one step above Trailer Trash?
2: I... One a step, really? One step
1: sideways from Trailer Trash. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Now, this film is... You can view this film, like has just said, you can view this film two ways. You can view it the way Lee Daniels wants you to view it, which is this very serious and very weighty film. Or you can view it the way that you should view it, which is a very fun, sleazy romp that is, at points, ridiculous um, and so... Full of itself, that certain actors must must know how tongue in cheek it is. Cusack certainly knows how tongue in cheek it must be. I hope
2: Cusack knows. I yeah. I
1: think he does. Um, I think McConaughey is more invested in his character. Um, basically, I, I, what I took from the Perth is on this sober viewing, is everything's there it's all there to make essentially quite a, I don't want to go as far as to say a B-movie, but a very kind of sleazy thriller. Um, But the only drawback is that it's being directed by Lee Daniels, who, (laughs) who thinks that he's a much better director and a better auteur than he actually is. And yeah, I know sure. that uh, the butler's getting a lot of praise uh, at the moment, but it, it's it's not dissimilar to a lot of the praise that I saw for Shadow Boxer or for um, Precious. And when I watched both of those, I was very much in the case of, these are just not very good. Um, and, you know, I watched the baby boy based on the fact that it had... Matty McConaughey, Zephron, and John Cusack in it. Um, And I like all three of those actors. So, the thing about the Perf Boy is, I can see myself going back to it fairly often. Because it is a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, But I would never go as far as to say that it's a good movie. But that doesn't stop it from being fun, because at points it is just so... It takes such wild leaps. And also, as well, there are points where it's almost like Lee Daniels goes, and it's this! You're like going, yeah, we well, we know. We know that happens. Yeah. So, I think, you know, spoiler for the first like, you know, because we are all spoilers all the time, but, you know, sometimes in our one old, one new we do tend to turn the spoilers back a little bit. But sure. It, it, the kind of the moment where... You find out that Matty McConaughey is gay. It, it's a bit like... Did, sorry, Lee, did, did you think that you were hiding it? With, with, with all those subtle moments? You know, it was, it was punched in your face repeatedly. And it's it just making me think that if the butler was about something else other than what it's about, would people really be going on about how amazing it is? I think I I, I I think he picks when he picks films like like that and like with Precious, he picks films that politically and socially it would be very difficult for people to attack.
2: I think it's very easy to attack the Paperboy, and I liked the yeah, Paperboy. I like the
1: Paperboy. I mean. For God's sake, at one point, Becky sort of stopped it and said, are we watching a movie where Nicole Kidman is taking a piss on Zephon's face? Sure. And I said, yes, we are. And do you know what? It's wonderful. Oh, and, and one other thing, and this is the last thing i say about it, because like I say, I, I enjoy the birth Point for the, all the reasons that I think Lee, Lee Daniels didn't want me to enjoy it about. He wanted to shock me with those moments and they just made me enjoy it even more. Um, It is... Leon seems to to focus a lot uh, on Nicole Kidman's bottom in the film. (laughs) A lot. Now, if you're going to focus on a woman's bottom in a film, and you know from the start that you're going to do that, because it was obviously an idea that he had, that he was going to do it. it, right then you need to pick, and I like Nicole Kidman in this, but you need to pick an actress that isn't perfectly straight from the back of her forehead to her ankles. (laughs) Uh, Because (laughs) and also, as well, like I say, I like Nicole Kidman in this. What? What, Nicole Kidman, honestly, you could push her up against a wall, right? And you you wouldn't even, you wouldn't be able to slide a bit of paper in between any of her back. She is straight (laughs) from the back of her head. To her ankles completely. There is no definition there at all. All all the goodness is all up front with Nicole. And um, but one thing, I am so glad that she's reversed that thing that she's done to her mouth because it was kind of off-putting in this. Because the fact that she can't move this is that film where she can't move the top lip at all. It stays in the same place all of the time. <laughs> um but uh, do you know what? The fact is is the fact that she read this script and went, Yeah, go on, I mean. I'm gonna in. I'm in piss on this face. Brilliant. I Well she got nominated for a fucking Golden Globe for She it. did, yes. Um I loved it. I I I, I the more I talk about the more I think I love this movie and I love the fact that I love this movie, but if I talked to Lee Daniels about it and said, I love your movie, he's like, Oh, what do you love about it? And I explained it He'd probably tell me I was a cunt. Yeah,
2: yeah, I, yeah. That's that's true. It, it's insanely trashy, yeah. but and it like sweaty and a bit gross. But you, yeah, you know That's not what he intended. No. But oh,
1: and also, last thing I promise I'm gonna say about it, right? If you're going to have somebody narrate your movie, right, then don't have somebody that it sounds like they've got learning difficulties. Yeah, that's a fair point. Because Macy Gray, uh, I mean, jeez, uh, what what the fuck was the world thinking when they went out and went, oh, that I Try song, that's brilliant, that is, because essentially it gave Macy Gray to the world, and now we can't give her back.
2: Nice. Blimey,
1: Charlie, that's <laughs> <but. laughs> Right, um, so that was the end of our one old, one new, wasn't it? Yeah, I miss. Uh Yes, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah that definitely. was the
1: end of our one old one new, uh, and we're going to get into the uh, next instalment of our George A. Romero no zombies marathon.
2: I love how difficult a time you have really for it has. I really
1: yeah. have a very a difficult time with it. <laughs> it's the whole fucking talking thing. It, I just <laughs> fucking struggle sometimes. We're going to look at uh, his 1978 uh, film, Martin.
0: My name is Martin. I'm 84 years old. People think I'm crazy when I tell them how old I am. I'd like to be normal. I just have a sickness. The only way I can survive is by drinking blood. (laughs) easy living the way i do i have to be careful all the time i'm pretty good at it i think as i get older i get better i haven't been caught yet martin
1: another kind of terror
0: Understand what's wrong. They think that I'm a monster. They think I'm a vampire. People don't realize that those things I see in the movies are not real. I don't have a whole lot of women to watch them. I watch them a lot, all the time. I have to, to be sure that nothing goes wrong. I follow them. I plan. I'm very careful. I have needles now. I can use them. I can put them to sleep. And it doesn't hurt. <laughs> kind of terror. I would like to be like everyone else. I have to do things that I don't necessarily like to do. But I want to stay alive. I do need blood. From the director of Night of the Living Dead, March. 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 March.
1: OK, that was a trailer from uh, Giorgio Romero's Martin uh, 1978 film, which is a vampire movie of sorts, um, which stars, well, no one that you're really going to know, to be honest.
2: Apart from Tom Apart
1: Savini. From Tom Savini um, Ian, what did you think of Martin? Because this was a first watch for you, I believe.
2: Yeah, the, um, yeah, this was the first watch. I, kind of, I, I think I said last week that I kind of thought I might have watched Martin before, but I definitely hadn't watched Martin before watching this. Um, yeah, so I I liked Martin. Uh, I, I certainly did. Um, I think I, I think it's quite an interesting portrayal of what familial abuse can do mm-hmm. to someone. Um, and. Yeah, I mean I there there are, there are bits of it I wasn't too keen on. Um I think it kind of wraps up a little bit too quickly and the Yeah, there's the yeah. I mean I kind of like the I, all spoilers all the time. The the fact that it's basically Martin wakes up one day and gets staked by his <laughs> by his cousin. Yeah. Um I, I like how I brought that insane cousin. Yeah, yeah, hilariously insane. I like how abrupt that is, but the housewife um killing herself. Yeah. Um I, you know, that that was a little okay, why I get I I knew she was kinda sad, but that's a bit of a stretch. Yeah. And and the whole kind of how like the, the the grandpa not the grandpa, the cousin kills him because of that. But yet yeah, surely the bloke who was murdered maybe you would have heard about that as well even though then again i think maybe you're getting into maybe the cousin didn't think that was him because it was a man uh, i i think that there's that there's certainly some interesting um sexual stuff going, going on that we'll get into it but um as such but um yeah I, I i i think it's good um i think the the guy who played martin was uh was solid um he's got that kind of i could see why the housewife was into him kind of like the young, good-looking boy, but he's rather shy, and you know she probably could do a lot of thing, a lot of things with him, and he'd just go with yeah. it, you know, in, in bed, kind of uh, innocent, kind of thing. Frankly, um, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I like to let, obviously, let's have a conversation, Mark, What did you think? Well,
1: it's the second like third time I've watched Martin, um, and I was very glad to kind of get, you know, give it another rewatch. It's been well, a good sort of three, four years since I last watched it because um, I watched it when it. Arrow actually brought out their release of it, which is a fantastic release. Um, it contains some of all three versions of the film. Uh, I've watched the other versions a couple of times as well. Uh, it's it, it's a very sort of different sort of take on the, the vampire mythology, um, and it explores it in quite a, a different way. You know, people will... It was obviously a clear influence on Let the Right One In, just sure, um, sure. there's, there's definitely that taken from that. But there's also a, a lot of fun had with it as well. There's it's not deadly serious all of the time, however, it does go quite quite deep a lot of the time. And uh, I love the fact that you've got that the the cousin just constantly refers to him as Nusferatu. Uh, mm. and and he's just a complete arsehole to him. Uh, but you get the feeling that he's an arsehole to pretty much everybody. Um and he he's just he just comes across as a thoroughly unpleasant man and that Martin comes across as being quite a quite a nice kid essentially but that is has this, this other very deep dark side where he 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 kills people and it is intimated that he that he essentially rapes them before he eats them. Yeah. So, you know, you go as far as to say that. Um, but that he he's never really had the chance to to grow up into a proper man. He he's he stuck in this perpetual state of of adolescence almost. Uh,
2: yeah, I mean, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I I, I think I I think what's interesting is the. I, I, Romero's direction, I think, is is pretty fantastic here. I love the the black and white sections, uh, and, and I mean the the way it's like, it. What is it? Is it how he imagines it, mm. or is it is it actually a similar situation uh, from the past? I mean, to be honest, frankly, I think Romero thinks it's the former, that it, it, it's how he's imagining this stuff playing out in his head. Yeah. I mean, I think I think a key point of that is the. Um, uh, the, the sequence kind of in the middle of the film where he's um, going up to kill that woman and he's, he, he's kind of coming back between black and white and this and then he opens the door and it's that bloke Yeah. Uh, and that bloke's there and then suddenly it's just all colour and he's saying, what are you doing here? Yeah,
1: I mean, the, the, the fact that Romero wanted to do the entire film black and white uh, as well uh, he wanted to do the whole thing in black and white but was was kind of like put off by the studio but he time that he got to he got to have that little bit in it but like you say i think it is it is more likely that it is it, his imagining of what it was like rather than an actual kind of flashback
2: yeah i mean i, I mean I, I think stylistically i mean it works well the yeah. use of black and white it, like it, it kind of works in it being in his head and then like when he's on the phone to the dj and he says you know it's not like it is in the movies and it, it, it's just like well but in your head
1: it, 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 kind, of it is. kind of is, yeah. Um, but then again, is that is that trying to say more of trying to say that the movies, you know, in over a hundred, in nearly a hundred years, have clouded his memory of it? Have they infected that?
2: Well, perhaps. But I mean, like the 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 kind of the scene where the the priest is is kind of like exercising him or whatever, or whatever the fuck he's doing. That, but it's a bit confusing. Yeah. But um, it. It, it's the, the fact that it's cutting back to the black and white of the other people. And it seems to be the black and white that actually prompts him to bugger off. Like the rest of the time, it, it, it's, it's not like he starts burning or anything like that. Yeah. I and mean, it, it's, it's, it, it's almost like he's just referencing this in his mind to, oh shit, this is what happens in these kinds of like film Like, these these kinds of films, I need to get out of here. Also, you know, it's not that he's actually having a visceral reaction to the priest, it's he's having a visceral reaction to his mind. Because, I mean, frankly, if it was something from the past, that that memory was something from the past, wouldn't he just fuck off straight away? Yeah,
1: Well, yeah, obviously, yeah. I mean, there's there's certain bits of this, this film, I think, that jump out, with the fact that you've got him explaining his feelings via the DJ Calling in, I think that's very well handled by a uh, very good idea from Romero.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, abs- no absolutely, and the, the, the way that um, the, the DJ's kind of taking the piss out of him, but he doesn't, re- but Martin doesn't really understand that. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's I mean, Martin is just having someone to talk it, to.
1: It, it, it's the final kind of, it's the anonymity of release, I think. The fact that he can talk about this with, with not even talk about it with somebody, the fact that he can say it all out loud and kind of explain himself. And it is, it, it's the whole, you know, getting everything out there and, and his way of making sense of it all or trying to get somebody else to make sense of it all. There is an element of that release about it.
2: Yeah, no, it, well, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's. Um... You know, I mean, if if he could go to church, um, then it would be the same thing as being in a confession yeah, box yeah, with a priest. Yeah. It, it, it's almost like it's the modern confession box, a, a radio call-in. Show. Yeah,
1: I mean, uh, the, the the whole the, the way that Romero gives him um, a very much a, a method and a way that he that he stalks his prayer and the way that he, you know, he, he, it's a very he's got a very set system and he seems to be very honed at uh, sort of entering places quietly and doing everything quietly and then you know when, he, when hes with the woman who's having the affair uh, and then it all goes wrong you know he doesn't just run away he, he kind of he, he orchestrates a situation where he can get the yeah. both
2: yeah, no, I mean, I mean even though I do like the way that he is actually kind of shit as well when he's being yeah. tackled by 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 the women or by that man. He, he he is rubbish. I I I mean, like he he kind of seems to acknowledge that towards the end as well, where he's just kind of like basically killing hobos, <laughs> uh, you know, just drunk hobos uh, again, which is a bit a moment in the third act which kind of feels a little bit rushed again. Just the. I know I, the whole kind of like he's he's being like he's being picky and he can't find he can't find anyone because like the women aren't as good looking to him anymore or whatever. But then he just starts getting hobos. It's a bit weird. But um, I mean, I will say one thing: I wasn't a fan of at moments was the score, and particularly in that sequence with the woman having the affair. There's the kind of the dun 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 kind of like yeah. symphony drummy thing that kind of keeps on coming in
1: the, the, the goblin scars a lot better for it
2: i would imagine it would be i'd love to I, well no i suppose it wasn't that that i was well no is is what's the during that sequence is there like a random kind of synthy drummy kind of thing that kind of comes in every now yes, and then
1: i think i'm pretty sure there is yeah
2: in the goblin version yes maybe it's the goblin version i watched
1: would you have? Uh, it was the English subtitles.
2: Oh, subtitles? No, then.
1: No, um, the uh, Goblin one, the Goblin Scored version, is Italian or in Italian with English subs.
2: Oh, okay. Well, obviously, it wasn't that then? but Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry, mm-hmm. man what? Uh, no, I'm okay. If I can have a fancy, that being wicked. Sorry. Dude. No problem. No, Thanks,
1: mate. Quite... Uh, yeah, but the the the, the Goblin Squad is only available on the um, Vampire which is the Italian cut, which is oh, okay. Italian-English subs.
2: Is that on the Arrow, Yeah, you?
1: it is, yes. Mm, okay, so
2: that was on Blu-ray. I'd, I'd probably consider that. Um, Yeah, yeah. it's currently
1: just only available on, on, on DVD, I think, yeah. Yeah, no, I
2: I, I think it is, because it came out not long ago, didn't it? Uh, 2010, I think it was. I wonder if it's because they haven't got elements good enough to actually make a decent HD version of it. I
1: think that is, I mean, because I mean, the it's if I was watching that transfer on a on a Blu-ray, I would be a little bit disappointed.
2: Yeah, I I I, Arrow strike me as the kind of company that will release something on Blu-ray if they can. Yeah. Um, even though they did a only a DVD of some. Thing. Oh, i don't know anyway but um yeah i mean getting uh back to the film i mean yeah the i mean there, there were just things that kind of seemed to go nowhere like the um the the cousin's granddaughter yeah who's staying with them as well they're they like you kind of feel like there's supposed to be some stuff going on with her that there, there never really is um it's just somebody else for her to well, she just kind of talks to him and he never says anything. Um I yeah, I mean I I, I you know, I, I'd say a solid four out of five. I did really re really, I, I did really enjoy it, but it's it's not it it's not like a classic for me. And I think I marginally preferred the crazies.
1: Mm. I I I really like Matthews I think it's it's a, it's a great movie. Um But I think it's great in the fact that it's very interesting. Um, I think it's it's more interesting watching the different variants of it uh, and comparing how how it how it's got these different versions and how different they are from each other and how different they feel Uh, because although the the Italian version is uh, is the same, it's just in a different, it's got different score and stuff like that. It does highlight how much different it,
2: it, it makes the
1: whole movie feel. Mm. So certainly, so certainly, yeah. I mean, it, it's a definite not shit from me.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, I I'm definitely, definitely not shit. Sure. I'd be intrigued. To, I would be intrigued to see the um, the, uh, the 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 Italian oh, tra- just that. for the oh, uh, okay. just for the soundtrack. I'll get mailed out to you. No, 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 I mean, I, I, I'm not going to watch it anytime soon, if I'm honest, yeah. but I, I'd be treat to, to see it. Whenever you
1: fancy it, give a shout and I'll, I'll pop it in post for you. Uh, nice one. Oh, cheers. Uh, right. Um, yeah, he, he's one of those films where he, I think it feels like we didn't talk about it for long, uh, Martin, but to be honest, um, there's not there's not a mass amount to talk about.
2: I mean, it's a very, it, it's a very slight character study of a man who has been very much set in his ways by his family as much as
1: anything else I mean yeah it is there's not, there's not a lot to talk about but I think that it, it's the type of film where I think if, if you really get on board with it there's a lot there's a lot to explore in it um, sure. I just don't think it, it maybe got me and you as much as it it, get, it, it got other people um, part of that is, is I'm not a huge vampire movie fan
2: yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not a massive vampire movie fan myself, even though, I mean, this is barely a vampire no, movie, I mean, really. It, it, it's it just...
1: almost intimates at the fact that it's not even a vampire movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It is more just a study of a really, really, really m- mentally ill man who, but he's mentally ill through family.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's, it's that kind of thing. It's it's there's a there's a kind of sad that I don't think it's starting out. It's that goddamn very. If you can hear a loud beeping there, it, it's our fire alarm. If 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 you walk by it, you're vaguely warm. It goes off. There, it's gone now. Um. So yes, yeah, so if we're ever cooking, cause it's quite near our kitchen. If you're ever cooking in the kitchen and it gets and someone forgets to open a window, it'll go off. It's very annoying. Um, so yeah, so that, that was mine. Uh, both of us definitely not shit. Um, so when I get into some Twitter questions,
2: I, I will just say as well, um, we're doing Night Riders next week, and thanks very much to Glenn Chapman for um, uh, lending me his Blu-ray. Muchly appreciated.
1: Yes, uh, looking forward to watching that.
2: Definitely nice. Uh,
1: we have a question from uh, Scott Clickers of My Every Clickers. Clickers. Um, Oh, nice. Um, of all the critical financial failures this summer which if any had a chance of finding some redemption
2: Um, Lone Ranger I think once that gets more widely seen and away from the bluster and bullshit around the release um, I think that will start finding some more love, I didn't love the Lone Ranger but I think it's a far better film than a lot of critics made it out to be um and i certainly think there are agendas in 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 a lot of them um maybe pacific rim even though then again that's not that i mean that's made about 400 million worldwide so that's not a disaster no, it, it,
1: it's um america will keep calling it a disaster because it didn't make loads in america but it, it, it did exactly what people expected it to do uh in the especially the asian market um which I think is the market that, that Del Toro was going to kind of pitch it at.
2: Yeah, I mean, it it, it made it's made just over a hundred million in, in the U.S. and it's made just over three hundred million elsewhere. Yeah, so,
1: so I mean, so it's made back, you know, healthily double explosion So when I mean, I did hear somebody on did see somebody on Twitter calling that uh, a flop the other day. Um, I think that if if any director of a two hundred million or an under two hundred million dollar movie makes four hundred million, they'll be very happy. Yeah,
2: I, yeah, no, absolutely. But I mean, in, in terms of like, I, I mean, what financial disappointments have there been? Uh,
1: the Will Smith
2: one. Oh, After, after Earth. Earth. Yes. Yeah, no, that that won't get reassessed. No, no.
1: That'll get forgotten about.
2: Yeah, I, that that feels like it's going to be brushed under the carpet for everybody involved.
1: Yeah, I mean. Uh, how was Elysium done?
2: It's done all right.
1: It, it, it's done. What's it done? Let's have a look. So let's See how it's done. I mean, well, well, actually, it's done quite well. Two
2: hundred and twelve million. off so far, a budget budget one hundred and fifteen. Which
1: you know, it, it's not quite there, but it's still got to open in a few, a few regions, has not it? It's not, it's well, not worldwide yet. So. Okay, it hasn't
2: opened in Asia yeah, yet. And so I don't think, Is it opened in real? Russia? It has. has it? Yeah, it did. Um, fifty. Uh, to be fair, it's done $15 million in Russia alone. I love that. Uh,
1: so, yeah, so, I personally, I, I, I could see Pacific Rim, once people have kind of let it settle a little bit, I could see that kind of getting a little bit more love as time goes on. I,
2: I'm actually looking forward to a rewatch of Pacific Rim. I, I kind of wish I saw it again in the cinema, just to give it another pop now that I know what it is. Yeah,
1: I mean, like um, I said to you, I, I did... Saw it twice. My only um, double visit to the cinema of this year so far, uh, and I, I really liked it the first time, and I absolutely adored it the second time.
2: Yeah, I um, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, what else does I mean? Well, War Z did well. So, uh, Star Trek Into Darkness. I don't think that will get reassessed. Did you, um, did, did you watch that again recently? Into Darkness. Yeah, yeah I watched it last
1: week. What, 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 uh, I liked it. I liked it less. Liked it less. Because I, I I liked it. More than you first time, but I have no interest in rewatching it.
2: It, the pacing in that film is brutal. It felt like it was on for three hours. It felt like I spent all evening, like all evening, watching it. I mean,
1: I think right now the movie in my head that that is, uh, and the enjoyment I had in it now, I'm happy with that. I'm happy to let that sit because I have a feeling if I watch it again. The few complaints I had about it afterwards will be highlighted a lot more. Yeah, and I And I made the mistake of doing that with Cabin in the Woods. I really enjoyed Cabin in the Woods the first time I watched it, and then the more I watch it, the more the bits that I didn't like are highlighted for me, and I start to go uh, 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 a little bit. And I, I I don't I don't like not liking films, so I'm gonna kind of I'm gonna tread cautiously with that one. say.
2: Yeah, I mean I yeah, absolutely. What? I mean it, it's um Well what Z <clears> made
1: five hundred and thirty five million. Yeah, it's Shit. done well. I didn't think they've done that well. Fucking it hell, grun it.
2: Yeah, I mean like with D V D and Blu ray, that'll probably turn a profit and there's no one no one thought that was gonna turn a profit. No. Um uh, uh yeah, no, I mean it's um that's the, I mean good good for them. Yeah. But that's crazy, but I mean, th- I mean, the big bombs really were After Earth, uh, Lone Ranger, and White House Down. And White House Down hasn't even opened here yet, so which is insane.
1: Friday, is it back? No,
2: it opens this. It opens this coming Friday.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm kind of looking forward to that. It looks like it I, looks it looks like a shitty action
2: movie. Yeah, it does. I I mean I mean like I'm having a look I'm I'm having a look now. Budget of hundred and fifty million dollars. Um it's opened fairly wide wide worldwide. Not not all over the place, but pretty wide. Yeah. And it, it it like the total gross is one hundred and thirty eight million. Oh, so I mean it's it's still twelve million away from actually even hitting production. Yeah,
1: that that fucker uh, will play well two places. America on over here. That's it.
2: And it couldn't even play that well in in the US.
1: Which, so. which usually means it won't play as well here, because I've not seen a single trailer for that.
2: I've, I've seen trailers in the cinema. I seen, haven't seen... I've, no,
1: sorry, sorry, I've seen it once, the trailer in the cinema.
2: I've seen it a couple of times, but the fact is... I, actually, I was talking to Brad about this earlier on as well, because he works on Rush, and r- they should have opened White House down this weekend against Riddick because yeah rush is ca- I I think rush is gonna be huge oh,
1: yeah. over here yeah. over here I think rush will make a lot of money over here uh, an early word from rush from people that I've, I've, I've know that have seen it' have also the same thing it's it's a brilliant entertaining action film
2: yeah I mean I mean like Don even said she if it wasn't for the cars, she'd go and see it, you know, just because of the Chris Hemsworth, Daniel Brawl kind of rivalry thing. Mm. You know, I, it, it's, I, Rush is going to be huge. It, it's, it's been marketed very, very, very well. It's going to be playing ultra wide. Mm. Uh, and I mean, the reviews are so good for it that it just, that film, I think is going like, to, frankly, I mean, I, I, I think Insidious chapter two will do all right next weekend. Because it's a horror movie and it's getting to it's getting closer to October, but I mean, Rush is going to fucking storm it next weekend. And right, I I think White House Down is a bit fucked, especially considering the runtime. It's like two hours twenty minutes long.
1: Yeah, I mean, Rush is playing on um, in York or the three cinemas. There are eighteen screens. Uh, and Rush is playing on six of those. Yeah,
2: there you go. So that, 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 he... that's, a,
1: that's a third of all screens in one city. So yeah, there is that film is going to. And, you know, if it's very, if it's good, which I've heard that it is, I was quite put off by the trailers. But then I saw a different trailer for it today. When I saw two trailers, um, and the movie I saw in that trailer was the first time I went that's the movie I want to see. I want to see that movie. I don't want to see the movie that I saw in the past three Toy I want to see that fucker. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to it.
2: Yeah. No. Abs- absolutely, man. I, um, but and and uh even though we won't actually be uh, talking about it next no, week, we'll Insidious about about
1: in, in Two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: um,
1: more questions? Should... Yes. Next question, uh, Tom uh, at Very Cinematic. Uh, the IMDb top fifty—an accurate list of the greatest movies ever made—or a fanboy uh, bias superhero wankfest. Um, IMDb, for me, is for the top two fifty or two hundred fifty movies. For me, is people who you meet at work who tell you daylight movies. When you say when you say to them on you meeting they go, and, and, and you're introduced by friends to a friend and they introduce you and they they tell you your friends tell people. Oh yeah, he's a massive movie. Like, oh yeah, I I I I really I like movies. And then at first you're thinking, like everyone likes movies. No one doesn't like movies. You fucking idiot. It's just, are you an obsessive, or are you somebody who likes movies?
2: Even though, I mean, like, if I'm playing Devil's Advocate though, I don't think that many people like that would have Twelve Angry Men in their top ten. Sure they
1: wouldn't, but they would. Or Schindler's List. But they would have Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. Stout. I would say some of them would have seen this list in that, just to make them seem intelligent.
2: But yeah, I mean, Shawshank, The Godfather. You know, Forrest
1: Gump in the top 20 movies of all time. The Matrix yeah. at number 19. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. You know, I love The Dark Knight. It's not the sixth greatest movie of all time. No, sure, 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 Fiction is isn't even Quentin Tarantino's best movie. Never mind the fourth best movie of all time. Mm. You know, it's... There are some in there that are in there on good merit, but for Christ's sake, Terminator Two, Judgment Day, is number thirty-five. What's wrong with that? It's it's not it's not even the best Terminator movie. <laughs> don't know about that. It's not as good as Terminator.
2: It's just no, nah, I
1: don't know about just, that. It's just not. You're wrong. No, nah, I don't know about that. Oh
2: come on, it's not as good as Terminator. Terminator Two. Is a stonking Two, two words for
1: you yeah. for, 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 that, that, will, that, that will win me this argument. Edward Furlong.
2: Oh, come on. He's awful. Linda Hamilton is not that great in the fucking Terminator. But she's worse in the second. She's not worse in the No, she's not oh, worse think, in the second. I think she is. I'm just, I'm a... The Terminator also has an excruciatingly embarrassing sex scene in it. It does, yes. It does. The Terminator is great. Do not get me wrong. I like that it's down and dirty and it's more like a fucking slasher film. Don't get me wrong. Terminator 2 is an amazing action film. I've watched it a lot of years,
1: but I've always had issues with Terminator 2. All right, here we go. Right. According to IMDb's top 250, number 110, right? Snatch.
2: Yeah, all right. Number
1: 114, up.
2: Yes, uh, Yeah, Snatch a better film than Toy Story. I'm not entirely sure about that. Uh, number
1: 138, Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. Fucking hell, there's some fucking horrible films on here.
2: Yeah, alright, Snatch is better than Akira. All right, fair enough. Yeah, the thing is, I don't think it's a fanboy-biased superhero wank fest because there aren't that many superheroes in it. But I I take the point. Yeah, I, uh, basically,
1: I, I would never, ever... Not watch a film if it didn't have a good rating on IMDb. Sure, Because the amount of films that I adore that have fucking terrible ratings on IMDb is ridiculous. I mean, to give an example of this, down with two seconds. Do 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 filler filler. The Burbs gets a six point six. Right? So there we go. There's <laughs> one that you can say, fuck you IMDb people who actually rate things on IMDb. I've never rated any on IMDb. Ever. I've
2: got to be honest. Yep. Uh, and let's have a look.
1: There's another one. There's another one.
2: Right. I was going to say, I'm really done talking about the IMDb Top 250. Cool, let's move Halloween on. Three. But, uh, thank you thank you for the question. Halloween
1: questions. 3, Season of the Witch, 4.2.
2: That was on um, that was on sci-fi last night and I recorded it. I am looking forward to watching that again next month. Brilliant.
1: Uh, da, 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 what else we got? We have got another one. No, we don't. <laughs> cool. That's all our questions. But a lot of people are saying they're looking forward to hearing us talk about mine. Uh, right. Nice. Um, I think that might be it, actually shit it off uh, that was episode 34 uh, we thank you very much for listening uh, any feedback to uh, dudeandthemonkey at gmail.com uh, or at dudeandthemonkey on twitter at Ian Laurie on twitter at dudefoz on twitter iTunes reviews are always greatly received uh, we at some point promise we will get a promo made up and out there at some point oh, it's yeah. for nearly a year in <laughs> yeah. um, Ian anything to add from this week Uh, it doesn't appear to have been any big movie drama this week, does there? No.
2: What was the no? The Twitter storm of the week was the Riddick thing. Yeah, it
1: threatened to a little bit be the Fifty Shades of Grey casting.
2: Um fucking i'll watch the girl with the nice bum in the social network have sex but i'll probably do it in the comfort of my own home. Well, the
1: thing is is it,
2: it just, just because i don't want to be seen paying for a ticket of 50 shades of gray not because i need to wait uh, by but the
1: way the, the the other thing is it seems to be a lot of people uh, complaining about casting for a movie that they were also saying they have no intention of watching yeah, that's yeah, a bit brutal. Yeah. Ah do you know what? Fuck it. I, I, I know in the back of my mind, I'm going. You know, you're gonna go watch that at the cinema.
2: Yeah, no, there's no. I, I will say right now, there is no way I'll be watching Fifty Shades of Grey in the cinema. I will.
1: Jeez. I will. There is a there's, there's logic to this though. There's a reason why I will be watching it. Um, Santilla Johnson's made one film. It was no, which was a it, bit was shit White, and I enjoyed it yeah.
2: um,
1: and the other thing is I really like shit fake erotica films I like a good erotic thriller and that is supposed to be it's it's that's the genre it's going for and I don't care if those movies are bad because all the things that make them bad also a lot of the time make them entertaining Remember, this is I'm a person who likes the film Body of Evidence, so
2: I yeah that's that's yeah I think that is an area where me and you differ in Yeah, fairness. I like
1: I I fucking like Basic Instinct two. I like Basic Instinct. I like Sliver. I like Jade. I like all of those movies. So I'm I'm you know I'm going at it uh, in a, uh, looking forward to it in a completely different way to a lot of people. <laughs>
2: I'll spend my daughter's first birthday watching 50 shades of grey on Blu-ray. Yeah.
1: And I I I will I will be there in a queue with a bunch of mid-forties women on my own winking a lot.
2: It's out the same day as Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm going to go watch Rocket Raccoon and Vin Diesel be a tree. Yeah.
1: And I'm going to go watch uh, Charlie Hunnam whip uh, Melanie Griffith's daughter. No, nothing, no nothing about the story at all. At all.
2: I I
1: do uh, yeah. But <laughs> I know one thing, I'm in a strange and bizarre way kind of looking forward to it.
2: I know, of course you are, of course you
1: are. <laughs> whereas Guardians whereas of the Galaxy, to be honest, can take our leave. Uh-huh. That's it, folks. That's it. thank you very much for listening, Pete. Bye. Bye. I <laughs> know, oh, I'm a terrible person.